Praise the Lord. Welcome to Share Sunday. Are you glad that you're here today? Amen. I will tell you that I am preaching from some scriptures today that are probably my favorite story, some of my favorite stories in the Bible. Not probably, they are. I love them. I love the books that I'm preaching from today. I love the stories. If you go through my Bible and these particular uh, many of my Bibles, but especially the one that I have here today. There's a lot of circles. There's a lot of underlines. There's things written places. It's my favorite area because there's a lot of places in these particular books that they, they cause the believer to, oh man, I better do that. That one hurts, man. It's, causes us to think, causes us to say, you know something? Hey, hon, we better get things together. Hey, sir, we better get things together. And that's what I want to do today. I want to preach to a congregation, and I want you to allow your heart, your spirit, your mind to say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And then before you leave the place, act upon it. Amen? Anybody want to do that today? Praise God. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, you have your Bibles, I will hurry. I know that I'm the only one that stands between you and your barbecue that's going on this afternoon. Some of you are starting today, and it'll carry over into tomorrow, and then you'll have to pray for God to forgive you for gluttony on Tuesday. Amen. Mark 14 is where we're going to begin reading. We'll also be reading in Matthew 19 here in just a moment. Mark 14, if you've been around Truth Church for any length of time, I promise you, you've heard me preach from these scriptures, most likely. I only know that because when you go to my Bible, there's a lot of markups. <laughs> when, I, when there's a lot of markups, that's because I've preached from there before. So, Mark 14. And verse 3. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leopard, as he said at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard. Very precious. Somebody say very precious. Somebody say it mattered to her. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? Why did she do this? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done 
what she could. Somebody say, I'm going to do what I can today. She has done what she could. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we heard it maybe a few months ago. When you do what you can do, God will always do what he can do. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body to the burying. If you will remain standing for just a moment. I want to encourage those that are listening and watching online, those that stand in this congregation today. I want you to understand one thing. What Jesus Christ, I want you to look at me real close today. What Jesus Christ wants more than anything. What he desires, like probably you're desiring that brisket and that pork and pulled pork. And you're desiring it that much, like even more so that I've said it now, you can smell it and taste it. What Jesus Christ wants more than anything. You can relate to it in that way if you want to. He wants your commitment. He desires that from the deepest part of him. He wants you to be committed to him more than anything else. He wants you to be committed in prayer. He wants you to be committed in worship. He wants you to be committed in relationship with the family of God. He wants you to be committed to coming to church. He wants you to be committed. Somebody say, I need to be committed. What he doesn't want. Is Mother's Day commitment? He doesn't want just Easter commitment. He doesn't want convenient commitment. Does that make sense? He does not want convenient commitment. He doesn't want that situational. You know, it's like, well, if you do this, then I'll do this. If you will heal my body, if you will save my children, then I will serve you with all of me. He doesn't want that. But God desires us, every single one of us, to be sold out, committed to Him. That means, ladies and gentlemen, that nothing else matters. Like, does that make sense? Like literally, I love Ginger Gilbert from here down to here and everywhere in between. I love my babies with all of my heart. I love them. I love my babies. They came in the prayer room today. My 11-year-old going on 17-year-old walked into the prayer room today. And man, I just looked at her and I was like, man, Jesus, you do good work. Because she's beautiful. She's sweet. Can she have her days? Yeah. Can her brothers have their days? But I love my babies. I love them. And I am committed to them. 
and we'll remain committed to them. But if all of that was to cease, God forbid, or if every one of them left out and lost out, God forbid, I'm more committed. And I mean this, ladies and gentlemen. I do not wish this on myself or my family in any form and fashion. And I've had friends and I've had acquaintances that it's happened to. I don't wish it at all. And I don't want it. And I'm going to do whatever I can in my power to make sure it doesn't happen. But if it were to happen, I assure you that the God of this book, I am more committed to. And that's what God wants. And it's hard, ladies and gentlemen. Just stay. If you're still standing, I'll hurry. I'll hurry. It's hard for us to do that. But that's what God wants. I want you to hear these couple of things before we read in Matthew. God is not necessarily looking for people who simply keep laws and standards and live exemplary lives he values commitment over all of that does he still value that is that stuff very important is it in my opinion essential yes but he values commitment more than anything for when you commit to him all of that stuff will follow the bible says seek ye first what does it say the kingdom of God. When you seek Him and everything that has to do, when I'm committed to Him, everything else will follow. I've made this statement before. God, He values commitment more than He even values holiness. He wants you to be committed to him before when you are committed to him, you are going to be holy. Some people say things like this. They walk into our church and they say, well, I don't look like or act like or I'm not like these people. I, I don't know if I can do what they can do. Listen to me. Be obedient in commitment. And accept the Lord, build the house. Those that labor, labor in vain that build it. And let God do the work. You just get committed to him. We could take another offering and go home right now with that said. He only wants you to be committed first. And then you'll understand scripture because you're committed to him. Scripture will start making sense. So, so many times people say things like this. They're like, well, you know, I... I can't do that. I, I don't know anything about that. That doesn't make sense to me. The reason that it doesn't make sense is because you haven't become committed to him. When you are committed to him and you love him and you follow after him and you just come to church to come to church and then the pastor says, hey, come to the prayer room. Please, please be at the prayer room. You come to the, Then you start following him and you're committed to him and then you pick up the Bible and you start reading the Bible. I'm preaching before I need to be preaching. But you do that, ladies and gentlemen, you become committed to him, and then you start doing something that you're not able to do 
unless you're committed to him. You start understanding his word. Obedience comes first and then understanding. Praise God. You did it all, you do it all the time. All the time. You've done it your whole life. Many of you that have started in school from from kindergarten all the way up to senior and all the way past into college and your master, your bachelor's and master's, you did it, I promise you. Because you walked into class and your calculus teacher said this, this is how you do it. And you said, okay, this is the only way you're going to do it. Yes, ma'am or sir. And you did it that way. And if you didn't do it that way, then you got the bad grade. But you did it. That obedience was, this is how it's done. And this is how I've got to do it. And you did it. It's the same way with Jesus Christ. Jesus says, this is how it's done. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Just like you did your teacher. You just tell Jesus, yes, sir. And then you follow after it. God values commitment over holiness, commitment over talent, commitment over perfection. I'm going to say that one again, over perfection. Commitment is that litmus test as to whether we will be pleasing in God's eyes. Does anybody want to be pleasing in God's eyes? All right, Matthew 19, and we're going to have you be seated. It says this, Matthew 19, verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Somebody say, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, which God said, or Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? And now listen to me. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect and go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. Somebody say commitment. But when the young man had heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Would you bow your heads? Jesus, we thank you so very much for your word today. Thank you for the men and women of God that have remained standing and listening to your word. My heart, Lord, my mind, my spirit is focused upon you. And I pray that everyone in the congregation, Lord, would be focused on you through every word, O oh Lord. Every word that you've given to me, O oh Lord, let it be in their minds and their hearts and their spirits. Lord, let it rest upon the fallow ground of their heart today. Let 
change come into each of us. Lord, myself included, you've worked on me, Lord, over the past couple of days, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm praying, Lord, that you will do a work, a miraculous, powerful work in this building today before we leave this house. In Jesus' name, Lord, at thy word, Lord, we hear your word and we preach your word today. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today I'm going to preach from this thought, and I truly want it to ring in your ears. It will obviously be on the screen behind me for the duration of my message, except when we have other scriptures that we'll bring in, but I want these two words to resonate with you. I want them to stick in your heart and your spirit, dads and moms and, and children, on this share Sunday when we're all together, I know, I know kids, I know y'all want to be in Sunday school. It's only one Sunday that we all get together, and I thank you for obliging us today. But I want to preach on this thought. Abandon all. Abandon all. Would you say that with me? Abandon all. Abandon all. In our scripture that we just read, here is a man who kept the law. He was pure. He was pure from his youth, the Bible says. But there was one thing that he lacked. Sir and ma'am, young people, he lacked the commitment to abandon everything the world had to offer and follow Jesus. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, Pray and seek my face. Turn from their ways. Abandon their ways. Do not do what they want to do. Then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and I will heal their land. He had a lack of commitment. And the lack of commitment, this is something I, we really got to get on this Sunday morning, on this last Sunday of May graduations have happened and, and all of our awards things have happened and all that stuff. We're going into the summer and a lot of people say, I listened to a message from a friend of mine from a few years back this week. I can't remember what man in the church sent it to me, but he, he talked about the summer slump in the middle of getting ready for the summer slump, but we ain't going to have one in Jesus' name at the church. Somebody say amen. But as we enter into that kind of mindset and that thought process, I want us to get a hold of this one thing. This man, he had a lack of commitment, and it cost him his opportunity to follow Jesus. He had a lack of true commitment. True commitment is saying, listen, I'm not going to eat the chocolate cake. I'm not going to eat the cheesecake. I'm not going to eat any, and I'm only going to follow this meal plan. Nobody likes to do that. Can I get an amen? amen. But that's real commitment. You commit to the broccoli, and you commit to the cauliflower, and you, you commit to the, the non-red meats, and you commit to just proteins that you can get other ways, and you, you do all of that. See, I'm having trouble right now because i got to commit to some certain ways because i got to get my health right, and I don't like it at all. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> but I want to be healthy. Amen? I want to be all right. So 
There's something that has to happen in order for that to take place. If true commitment is going to take place, and I'm talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ, there's something that I preached about a lot, and I've talked about a lot, and for some of you that have been around here for some time, it will be old hat to you, old news to you, but this is the deal. What has to happen in order for there to be true commitment when you truly follow Jesus Christ, when nothing else matters, we got to obey the word in John chapter 3. Come here, buddy. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Come around get up here. This is what we have to do. All right. Just squat down a little bit at a time. We got to do this. <laughs> we got to get out of the way. Come on, buddy. Let me help you up. We got to decrease, and God has to increase. Thank you, buddy. I know it's a simple analogy, but it's the truth. We got to be willing to abandon ourselves. That went over like a lead balloon. We got to be willing to abandon us because this flesh wants what this world wants, this flesh desires what this flesh desires. But if we would truly obey God's word and say, God, I must decrease. And we start to decrease in every form, in every fashion. We say things like, Pastor, I hear what your word says. And I, I've read it too. And that's exactly what it's telling me to do. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to abandon everything else that this world has to offer. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to follow you. And this is something that I don't like, and you may, I, I don't. Does anybody like to see where you're going? Anybody? Raise your hand. You like to see where you're going. When you're going somewhere, especially on the highway, contrary to what you may think, the rumble strips are not for you to drive Braille, okay? That's just, all right? It's not what that's, please don't try that. I like to see where I'm going. All right? But that's not how God works. God don't work that way. He doesn't give you the picture. He doesn't give me the picture. He says, you get out of the way and you follow me blindly. Why? Well, because he, he covered that as well. Because he said, listen, I'll make a way when there seemeth to be no way. That's good enough for me. I mean, I don't got to see because if I don't see, I, he told me I'm going to make a way when there seemeth to be no way. Seemeth to be no way. There is a way, and he's making it for you. All you got to do is say, Lord, I'm decreasing. I don't have to try to find the way to go and look where to go. I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to follow your voice. I'm going to follow the direction. I'm going to abandon what I know, what I want to do. I want to see everything. Show me everything. Show me your ways. If he did that, if he showed you everything, absolutely, me, you, nobody, don't care how much you fast and you pray, you wouldn't be able to handle it. Just say, all right, I'm abandoning everything. 
I'm abandoning everything in this world. I'm abandoning everything that I want to do, my desires and my hopes and my dreams and what I'm willing to do, all of that, to follow you. And if you have that kind of mindset and kind of heartbeat and kind of and desire to love and to follow Jesus, you are going to be led where he wants you to be led. He's going to take you to where you need to go. He's going to put you in a place that you need to be put in. That's what Jesus is going to do. I would submit to you this morning that before you can truly follow Jesus, we must completely separate ourselves from the old life, from the old pleasures, and the old commitments. What do you mean? This will be all right because you're forgiven and it's been forgotten. Okay? But if you don't want to, if you don't, I don't, it's all right. If you feel like you got an image you need to keep, that's fine. But has anybody ever committed to the bottle? And I'm not talking about a bottle of water, but you were committed to the bottle? Raise your hand. How many of you were committed to the cigarettes? Raise your hand. How many were committed to not come to church? Raise your hand. Look around, ladies and gentlemen. We must forget those things which are behind. We must forget our old commitments. We must abandon our old ways. We must get away from our old ways. And we must get a new definition of commitment and what we should be committed to and how we should be committed. Praise God. Man, that makes me, I could preach on that for about 24 more minutes. That's about how much time I got. But that gets me excited because if we'll forget what we used to be committed to and get committed to what God wants us to be committed to, you're talking about living life, overcoming. You're talking about living a life that you never thought you could ever live, a place of blessing, a place of hope, a place of peace. It will happen. And that's what Jesus Christ wants us to do. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. We can't do it. You can't serve God and serve everything you used to serve. God alone. Brother Noe, God is a jealous God. God wants you to be committed to him and him alone. Somebody say abandon all. Look at your neighbor and say abandon all. Mom and daddy, look at your kids and say, abandon everything that this world has. Everything. Amaris, abandon this world. Tate, abandon this world. Creed, abandon this world. Little kid, abandon this world. Little Quinn, abandon this world. Do not do what this world wants. Church, abandon all other things except Jesus Christ. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll take you to where you need to go. I know it may be simple to some, but that is where we lack. That's why we have the scriptures that we read today because it's so hard. Man, I got so much that I like, so much that I want to do, so many dreams that I want to follow after, these plans that I got, the things that I put down on paper for me, my dreams. I'm going to tell you something. I put a lot of things on paper that didn't turn out like I think they should turn out. But I can tell you this, because I followed God, because I said, Lord, it's not about me, it's about you. He ordered my steps to where I needed to go. And I'm truly thankful because I really don't know where I would be if I'd have followed my plan. 
Maybe you didn't do that. Maybe you didn't have a piece of paper. You didn't have a, have a thing that you did in class, in Miss Adams' class, and, and, and by school. And, I, I mean, I put it all on a folder, and I wrote it all out, and I had little things. I, don't even, I think I threw it away, actually, because none of it went the way that I thought it should go. None of it went how I dreamed it up. And it's truly, Brother Adams, the only reason that it didn't go the way I wanted it to go is because I decided to stop being persistent in my ways. And I started being persistent in Jesus' ways. His path is straight. His way is narrow. And it leads to eternal life. And I understand that if I wanted this and this and this, if I kept on doing it the way I wanted it done, it happened the way I wanted it to happen. But it wouldn't be pleasing to God. And God's given me the opportunity to be pleasing to him. Aren't you glad that you don't serve a dictator? Many people try to walk the fence. They try to maintain the connection with the world, with the pleasure of sin, and with the commitment to the world, and still try to serve God. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. So therefore, that is impossible. Sir, it's impossible. It's impossible. Hear me. I told you I was going to be a little invasive. It's impossible for you to be a steady drinker. It's impossible for you to neglect church and still say, I'm a Christian. It's impossible for you to not have prayer in your life. And I'm not talking about good meat, good God, let's eat. Now lay me down to sleep kind of prayer life. I'm talking about real prayer. Yeah. I'm talking about where you have set aside some time and you have committed. Somebody say committed. Committed, committed some time to pray. It's impossible to neglect that, neglect church, neglect doing what God instructs us to do in his word and still say, I'm a Christian. Because what we're doing, Brother Cooper, is we're serving ourselves and we're not serving God. Somebody say it won't work. Somebody say, I got to abandon all. James 1 and verse 8. This is what we are. If we have that mindset, I want you to hear me. Sir, ma'am, some of you that have tuned me out already, that's okay, I understand. But my, I, tell, I tell you all the time, and I'm going to tell you again, my hope is that I say something that will get in your brain and would be like that burr that's under the saddle and that bothers the horse over and over again. That's what I want these words to be if they're not just coming into your spirit and you're receiving them. I want them to be a burr under the saddle that will get on your nerves until you finally say, okay, there's something to what he's saying. I need to listen to the word of God today. James 1 and verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I don't get it. 
I don't get it. I seriously don't. I, don't. I can't get it because I don't understand how someone can come to church and live for God, but then we can go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Saturday night and live how we want to live. Y'all heard me, Saturday night. And we live how we want to live. We say we have the vocabulary that we want to have. We are hanging around the people we want to hang around. We don't even talk to God except when we pray over offering and pray over needs. And when something bad happens to our kids or happens to us, then we finally start to pray. Let me tell you something. When all hell breaks loose and when you get thrown into the hospital and all bad things are happening, it feels like you get beside yourself if you're not committed to Jesus Christ. But I can truly say, you can ask my wife. She is not, are you okay? Is everything all right? I mean, is it, are you scared? No. I don't like what's going on, but I'm not scared. Why? Because I got a commitment to him. And it doesn't, it's not just pending on what I do on Sunday. It's what I did on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with Jesus. And I was committed to Jesus Christ then. And I'm going to be committed to Jesus Christ now. Whether there's no blood in my body or a bunch of blood in my body, I'm going to be committed to Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but I'm just telling you, you don't get beside yourself because you have a complete trust in God all the time. And God has helped me because of, Brother Tex, the situations that I've gone through and my family has gone through, it has helped me even more so to live on that. Did I like one thing that happened with Ginger? No. Did anybody in the room? No. But I stood on the word of God, just like I told you in the hospital room or the doctor's office when I said... His glory is going to be revealed through this. I don't know how. I don't know which way. But you know what that is? That's called commitment. And I can't tell you the countless times that people, I don't see how you do it. I don't, man, tears will run down. How do you do it? And I, I would want to cry with them, but I looked at them. Maybe I was just scarred and maybe, I don't know, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's, I just had enough trust in Jesus. Lord, whatever happens, you got it under control. Whatever takes place, you got it under control. You, I'm serving you and you alone. I'm not serving another master. So I submit to you on this Family Matters Share Sunday. As the premise, the foundation, the building block of this message. That you must be willing to abandon all. You must be willing to abandon all. Take up your cross and follow Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about figure, I'm talking about literally take up your cross and say, Lord, I'm following you. If this cross don't go into that place, then I'm not gonna go there. If this cross isn't comfortable hanging around these people, then I'm not gonna do that. If this cross isn't comfortable in watching that, then I'm not gonna watch that. Why? Because I'm abandoning all things that I might have a relationship with you. More than anything, God desires our unequivocal, reckless, 
total commitment to him. God desires us to abandon all to follow him. You say, I've separated myself from the world in my actions, my dress, my conversation, etc. Isn't that good enough? No. No. It's not good enough. It's not enough to separate from the world. We must be separated unto the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on. This gospel, it, it, it moves me. It directs me. It shows me where I need to go. It shows me what I need to do and what I not, don't need to do. This gospel is teaching me every place that I need to be in life. I'm committed unto the gospel. Praise God. Abraham was called out of Ur into Canaan. But he stopped in Haran and stayed there until his father died. Out of Ur, but not in Canaan. Just bear with me. Romans 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle separated unto the gospel of God. Our good works. Somebody say my good works. How many of you give to the women's shelter? Raise your hand. How many of you give to the needy? Raise your hand. How many of you give to the poor? Raise your hand. How many of you give to the soup kitchen? Raise your hand. Our good works will not Please God. Because he said that our right righteousness. Does anybody know what it says? It's dirty. It doesn't matter. I can't tell you. And I, I, I can't go enough. I, I, I want to go today. I want to go back to the women's shelter on Travis Street today and I could get rid of like 12 truck beds full of stuff that are in our garage and in the attic and in the rooms. I get rid of all of it, and I love doing it, and I like to go at midnight because there's nobody there, and if they are there, they're behind the fence in the back, and they're, all the lights are out, and everybody's asleep. I love it. I love just because I feel like Santa Claus. I feel like, you know, I go over there, and I just put everything on the front porch, and it's there, and they, wait, they get up or come in the next morning, and there's a load of stuff. That garage sale, if you want a women's shelter, you can get rid of it at the women's shelter. I love it, but you know what? The Bible says that's filthy rags. I gave away bicycles that were too small for my kids. Brand new ones it looked like. And I was excited because some kid was going to, some little girl was going to have a pretty mini bicycle. Mini mouse bicycle. And some pretty new toys that kids didn't play with and finally just got rid of them. But the Bible says my righteousness, the good things that I'm doing are as filthy Rags. They're like filthy rags. What we must do, ladies and gentlemen, is we must be sold out. We must be sold out, heart and soul, to the cause of Christ. We must abandon all. We must abandon everything to follow Jesus Christ. When we withhold nothing from him, when we let nothing stand in the way, when we put nothing above Jesus, somebody say nothing. 
Look at your neighbor. Look at a family member right now. Just look at them in the eyes. Look at them. And say, when you, when you allow nothing to be in the way of Jesus Christ, that's when you've abandoned all. Come on, tell them. When you allow nothing to be in the way of Jesus Christ, that's when you've abandoned all. Kids, when video games aren't in the way, when a sitcom's not in the way, when, when Facebook is not in the way, when Instagram is not in the way, when there's nothing in the way of Jesus Christ, that's when you have abandoned all. When everything is out of the way, when you put everything aside and you said, you know something, I don't care about the money, I don't care about the stuff, I don't care about the job, I'm abandoning all. That's... That is when you've gotten to commitment with Jesus Christ. It's got to be more than just words, sir. It's got to be more than just a tear flowing down your face on an altar on a Sunday morning. It's got to be an action that you participate in on a daily basis. It's something that you have to consciously say. You have to make a commitment to him every day. God, you're the only thing that matters to me. God, you're the most beautiful thing that I've ever had in my life. God, I don't want anything else but you. God, I want you to lead me and guide me. God, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're powerful, and I don't want anything else but you. Nothing above Jesus. Nothing above Jesus. I'm not going to withhold anything from you. When you let nothing stand in your way, when you put nothing above Jesus, that is when he is pleased. We had a series on that not too long ago, pleasing God. When nothing is above Jesus, Let's just think about it. When Jesus is here and your wife or your husband's right here and your children are right here and your family's right here and your church is right here and your church family's right here and everything else is down here, then you're where you should be. Then you are doing what you should be doing. Then you are what Jesus Christ wants you to be. I'm hurrying right now. In our text, we find the beautiful story of a woman who we believe to be Mary, the sister of Martha. Mark 14 and verse 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leopard, as he said at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. Luke 7 and verse 37 says it this way, says this, And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she came to Jesus, came that Jesus sat and meet in the house of the Pharisees, the Pharisees' house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. John's gospel contains an account very similar to this. And he specifically names Mary, the sister of Martha. But the setting... It's in the house of Lazarus after he has been raised from the dead. The events, dialogue, comments are all the same. So I won't argue whether it's the same account or not because it really 
doesn't matter. It's the attitude. Somebody say the attitude. The attitude with which this nameless woman approached Jesus. This woman that I've been reading about and I've talked about a little bit, the attitude that she had is really what matters. The attitude was that nothing else matters. The attitude, pastor, is that nothing else matters. The attitude, Brother Ashley, of the woman that we read about is that everything else paled in comparison to what really mattered. And that was Jesus. Do we get the scripture that I read today? This woman, she is bringing something that is precious. This thing is just, it is, we read about it. If you read and study about it, it's a lot of money, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you know about it. I don't know if you've heard about it, but there's this place that, that I like. I don't tell many people about it because somebody told me about it. I just kind of kept the secret. But this was not something from the scent room in Dallas. Scent room is a high-end cologne or perfume store or, or whatever they call them. And all. It didn't come from there. This was something that was, it was more precious than you could buy at the scent room or Dillard's or anything like that. It was a precious ointment. It was something that was absolutely beautiful. But this lady said, nothing else matters but Jesus Christ. And I'm willing... She could have sold it. Bishop Gilbert, she could have sold it. And when she sold it, she could have had money for her kids. She could have had money for college. She could have had money for this and that and the other. She could have probably bought something really, really nice. The now day or that, that day, Tesla, she could have had it. She could have had anything she wanted. But she said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Y'all don't get it. Y'all know who this is? Y'all know, know who's sitting in here? All you eating? All you doing all this stuff? Do you realize who is in the house? Do you realize, congregation, who is living inside of your heart? Do you realize who saved you from this untoward generation? Do you realize who was the one that you committed to on that day that you first received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Do you realize she realized that, hey, if I'll abandon all and I'll pour this over you and I'll lavish you in love and worship, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. I'm going to tell you 300 pence worth. That's a drop in the bucket of what Jesus can give and do for you when you make up in your mind that I'm going to abandon all and follow Jesus. Would you clap your hands under the Lord right now? Praise God. Praise God. A friend who has much to be thankful for. So he invites Jesus and the disciples to come into his home for dinner. 
And this woman walks in. This woman comes in and wreaks havoc on the situation, but she said, I'm willing to abandon reputation. I'm willing to abandon what people think of me. I'm willing to say I don't care about anything but this one that's right here in the midst of all of you that you probably really don't realize how great and how wonderful he is. She was willing to abandon all. She was willing to accept any kind of criticism which did come as we read about. She was willing to do all of that. And let me tell you something, it's so awesome. When she did that, when she made up her mind, look who came on the scene. He was already there, but look who came on the scene. Why are you, why are you talking about her? Why are you saying this ill thing about her? Why are you saying this stuff about this woman? <laughs> she's coming here and she's prepared me <laughs> before my time. That's how much she loves me. That's how much she cares about me. No, no, no. See, you see, Brother John, what we want to do is, hey, take care of everything, fix everything for us, and then we're going to lavish out praise on you. Tell me it ain't true. Tell me it ain't true. You ask God, I, I've seen it happen right here in this congregation. I've seen miracles happen. I've seen transformation happen. I've seen situations get better. And then we're like, whoa, man, God's good. But the Sunday before, we were like. <sighs> Amen. I'm not saying don't praise him when you get victory. I'm just saying praise him when you got victory and when you don't got victory. Lift him up when you do got victory. Lift him up when you don't got victory. Lift him up when you get a flat tire. Lift him up when your tires last longer than they should. Give God praise all the time. Lift him up all the time. That's an attitude of abandoning all. It's not situational. Does that make sense? It's not situational when everything's going good. When everything's going bad, whoa, I love you, Jesus. That's an attitude of abandoning all. When you get the raise, praise God. When you don't get the raise, praise God. When everything's going good in the family, praise God. When all hell is breaking loose, praise God. That's a life and an attitude of abandoning all. Luke said that she just stood at his feet weeping so overcome with emotion at what Jesus had done for her that she can't speak. She can only weep. And in the midst of this setting, Mary breaks the precious alabaster box filled with precious ointment that could have been, that could have represented her life savings. And she poured it out on Jesus. While others in the room gave some, somebody say some. She abandoned all. She gave all. Oh man. Sir, do you abandon all? Ma'am, do you abandon all? Or is it situational for you? I want to speak specifically to people in the room that are contemplating baptism today. 
I'll do it one of these days. I'm not guilting you into it by any means. I'm just making you think today. I'll, I'll, I'll get baptized one day. I'll, I'll pray one day. What are you waiting on? I'm glad that this story is in the book because it shows me, ladies and gentlemen, that I don't have to wait for one day. I can abandon all right now. And when you, oh my goodness gracious, I want you to get this. <laughs> Sister Delisa, when you abandon all, you don't, it's not about getting recognized by me. It's not being recognized by everybody in this room. You get recognized by Jesus. Jesus takes note that what you had was of great value. But what you're getting is of greater value. He says, let me tell you something. Just like I taught my disciples, silver and gold ain't going to do anything for you. But what I am, what I can give you is life, life more abundantly. I can give you peace that passes all understanding. I can hold your hand in the middle of the storm if you'll abandon all. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm hurrying to a close. There's three reasons. Three reasons. Maybe you've heard them. Maybe you haven't. Why this worship that came from this woman is so indicative of what God desires from us. The number one reason, the number one reason, I said three, there's actually five, I'm gonna add two to it, that's all right. The true spirit of worship when an individual decides to truly give worship, like real worship, you are giving all. The true spirit of worship is giving all. Pastor Darren, how do I do that in this room today? <laughs> you forget that anybody else is in this room. It's kind of like this. Brother Gary, would you put something up that blurs the sides for me? I don't care what it is. It's just going to help me. I don't care if it's a video that's paused. It don't matter. Just how you had it at the beginning. Here we go. Look at this. This is what you've got to do. This is what you're looking to is Jesus. And this right here, that view is everything else. That view is everything else. The soldiers are a picture of Jesus. Imagine with me. But everything else needs to look like this. Everything else needs to be like this in your mind's eye, in your attitude of worship. I'm abandoning 
what you think and what you think and what you think and what you see. I could care less what you see. I could care less what you see. The only thing that matters to me, that's what true worship is. True worship is giving all. It's abandoning everything else and giving your all to Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Second thing. Everybody do this right here. Do that. Mary didn't come like this. Okay? Mary didn't come to say, Brother Tex, put your Bible right here. This is me receiving. That's not how Mary came. Mary came like this. I'm here to be a blessing. Our posture matters when we come into the house of God. Our posture matters every day when we live for Jesus Christ. Are you living to say, are you living to say, God, how I walk, how I live, what I have, who I am, everything about my being and my home and my family, am I at every? Give it to Jesus. Let Jesus have it. Give it all to him. Let him know. Here it is, Jesus. She was there to be a blessing. That's it. That's what Jesus is looking at. And that's what Jesus wants from every one of us. This one here, this one troubles me because I understand that it's hard for each and every person, myself included. I don't point to you and don't point to myself. But Mary had what is called a singleness of heart. A singleness of heart. Nothing else. Nothing else was even on the radar except Jesus. Nothing else was even in the thought process except Jesus. Abandoning all is the only thing that can get you there. How many like your car? Raise your hand. How many like your house? Raise your hand. How many absolutely love and adore your family? Raise your hand. Some of you ain't raised your hand. Maybe you don't love your kids and your wife. I don't know. We'll pray for you later. That wasn't on Mary's mind. House wasn't. Car wasn't. People weren't. Nothing else, Brother Trevor, mattered. The only thing that mattered is what I've brought here today is not for me. It's precious and priceless. It's so much money. I mean, it's, there is no telling. The longer I keep it closed up in here, the more it will be worth and the more I can do with it. See, when you thinking about that, Jesus. I know you ain't Jesus, but you're playing Jesus right now. 
Jesus. There was a singleness of heart. Jesus and Jesus only. My question this morning, ladies and gentlemen, do we live like that? Or do we get hung up on everything else? He did this, she did this, they did that. We get hung up on bitterness, we get hung up on anger, we get hung up on what they did, we get hung up on what the job did, we get hung up on the ticket, we get hung up on all the problems, we get hung up on the... Her life was not perfect, ladies and gentlemen. But Jesus was all that mattered. This I could sell and do good for me and my family, but Jesus was all that mattered. Everything else was blind. She had abandoned all. And the fourth thing, Mary's worship was spontaneous. She didn't wait for the Spirit to move her. She didn't wait until just the right time in the service. She didn't wait for the praise team to get her pumped up in the right place and the right location in her mind. No, no, no. She walked in and without apology began to worship God when no one else was worshiping, when no one else cared about the one that was sitting there and standing there. She gave God unapologetical worship. Pastor Darren to say clap your hands she didn't wait on the praise team leader to say hey let's raise our hands as we sing this song no 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 she, let's lift our voice and, and praise to Jesus no no she didn't wait on that she said no I'm not worried about the beat I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks. I'm coming in this house. It ain't even my house. And I don't care what anybody else says about me. I'm here to worship God, whether you want to worship him or not. I'm here to give him my all and abandon everything else. If you're wanting to do that or not, it doesn't matter what you want to do. What I want to do is to abandon all, to lavish praise upon my king. And finally, this is what I really want to major on for a few moments. And this is what, the reason I want to talk about this one for just a moment is there's some people in this place that you need to do what I'm about to talk about. Mary, she lavished out worship without reserve or reservation. Does that make sense? This box represents my life savings. But I got no reservation. Jesus, here you go. Jesus, this is yours. It represented the things that were of value. But it was meant for Jesus and nothing else. You're in the room today, and there's reservation. Do I want to ask God to forgive me? Do I want to try this out? Do I want to say, God created me a clean heart and forgive me of all my sins? Do I want to do that? I want you to stand to your feet, if you would, all across the building. 
Does your family matter? I'm here to tell you that family does matter on this share Sunday. There's got to be no reservation. No reservation. Go with me to that Matthew scripture. It's pretty incredible. It's not. But I'm I'm showing reservation by doing what you're supposed to do to undo this thing right here. But that's not what she did. Sister Delene, she didn't take the top off. I don't know who all was in the family. I don't know who else knew about the heirloom. I don't know who else knew about the precious ointment. I, I, obviously, there were people that knew that it was nice and, and could have been sold for a lot of money because of the comments that we read in the Word of God, but she didn't care. There was no reservation about what other people thought about what she was doing. I'm not uncorking. I'm not taking the top off of this very expensive bottle of ointment. No. But I am breaking it. And because I, this is the reason I'm breaking it, sir, ma'am, that's listening to me this morning. The reason I am breaking it, and I am, I'm going to use a carnal analogy, the reason I'm putting all my chips, if you will, on the table here, the reason I'm doing that is because I'm not coming back to this. This is not going to sustain me. What's going to sustain me is what I'm breaking it over. What I'm actually destroying it for is what's going to sustain me. That what's going to carry me to next week and the next week and the next week. I am breaking it and destroying it so I cannot come back to us. Some of us right now, we need to abandon all. We come to worship, but we hold that box that contains our dreams and our goals and our desires and our material possessions. We don't mind pouring it once in a while every now and then when we have a good service, when Pastor Darren says something that makes me cry and think, I'll pour a little bit upon Jesus. No, that's not what God wants. What God wants, God is looking for a few people who will love Him with so much love that they will abandon all and they'll break everything at the feet of Jesus and they'll pour over him and say God I don't have much it's not worth that much but here I am Jesus so this morning as you are standing to your feet some of you that haven't yet I want you to come to this altar and I want you to say things like this Jesus I lay all my dreams and all my ideas and my goals and my desires at your feet. God is looking for people who will not only be involved, who will not only follow, 
the loaves and the fishes, the miraculous things, but people who will worship Him with all of themselves. Bring to you a statement that I try to say every morning sometimes they're a little faster than others and I don't get it said. But every morning as we drive into the school parking lot, I want it to be a heartbeat of my children. I want this to be your attitude and your heartbeat today. God, I praise you with my life. I worship you with my life. Every breath that I take, every moment that I'm awake, oh God, I lavish out worship upon you. Come on, sir. You want to be born again of water and spirit? Abandon everything. Abandon all other things. Just recklessly come to the altar today and lift your hands and cry out to him and say, God, I want to worship you with my life. I have no reservation. Don't worry about the volume of your voice. Don't worry about if you've got a moan and groan. Don't worry about if there's things that are ailing your heart. Cry out to Jesus. Is your family important enough? Is your wife and marriage important enough? Are your kids important enough? Then if they are, would you right now, with no apology, cry out to Jesus? And maybe not in the literal sense, but in the spiritual sense. Will you break everything over the top of his head and let it roll down his face to saying, God, I am abandoning all. I'm getting rid of everything else to worship you, to honor you, to adore you, to lift you up, Jesus. Oh, Come on, you need the Holy Ghost today. I want you to walk up to this place with your hands lifted. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. When are you going to finally make up in your mind that you must be born of water and spirit? There's none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What better way to get baptized? What better day to make a decision to be baptized in a day where we're talking about abandoning all, getting rid of everything that keeps you back, keeps you from touching the whole hem of his garment, pressing through the crowd. Away. Give myself away. Come on, is there so anybody in the building? Is there anybody in the building that wants to be baptized in Jesus' name? 